Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club, who have finally made a summer signing. I am Laurie Dunsire, and here to celebrate that wonderful news with me is Mark Donaldson. How are you? That's good. Josh Ginelli signing a two-year deal. I'm glad they did that as the first one as well, um, because mm-hmm. I, 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 well, I don't know when it's... Because we don't know how good the next ones will be. <laughs> well, I mean, that was the one that we all wanted, wasn't it? Uh, two-year deal, I don't know the terms and conditions of the contract, Um as far as incentives are concerned, maybe low base, um, but big bonuses for the longer you play. But the, but the bottom line is, he excited Hearts fans when we saw him. But the proof of the pudding is, is over the next two years, how many games is he going to play? If he plays the majority of them, happy days. I think we've got ourselves a great signing. Um, if he doesn't, well, that's why it's a two-year deal. And you know what it's like. There's people, why is it, why is it more than one? Or why is it less than three? You're never going to satisfy anybody. But looking at his career so far, maybe he's just found the right team, Hearts, because it started at Shrewsbury, well, he was a youth at Villa, and Shrewsbury, Burnley, loans at Altrincham, Walsall, Lincoln, Tranmere, back to Walsall permanently, then to Preston, Bristol Rovers on loan, Hearts on loan. He's 24 now. This is his chance. He can stay fit. And that's a big if. Then Joshua, Lloyd, Ginelli. Could be a darling of the Hearts fans. And if he can't, oh well. <laughs> well, it was one of the topics I was going to mention that we'll discuss, but you've just covered pretty much all of it. Um, so I'll, <laughs> I'll maybe briefly touch upon Josh Janelli again and um, some other news that's come out from Tynecastle since we were last with you a week ago. You've got to be excited by that, have you not, Josh Janelli? Well, I mean, well, yeah, plenty, yeah let me get water. to it. Yeah, let me get to it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, f- since we're in the the midst of uh, European Championship, I have put together a bit of a a more extended quiz than normal, which hopefully uh, you guys listening will be able to join in. So it's a European super quiz, and I've covered all twenty four nations that are involved, and. Each one has a question allocated to them with a hearts link. So it's a hearts does that, related. Does that mean there's 12 breakaway questions? European <laughs> super quiz. <laughs> um, I haven't, haven't made it that complex, but that would have been good. That would have been good. Um, so yeah, let's, let's see where we go. Okay, so Mark has already touched upon quite a few of the big points with Josh Ginelli. But yes, indeed, on Thursday, um, it was confirmed that Josh Ginelli was the first summer signing for Robbie Nielsen, agreeing a two-year deal at Heart of Midlothian. Of course, was on loan from Preston at Tynecastle last season. Uh, 24 years of age, uh, nine appearances last season, three goals, although no games since January. And obviously, he was blighted by injury. I guess... If we start with the maybe the slight, not negative, but the concerns around the deal, that would be the concern, I suppose, if you're looking at it from a pros and cons perspective. The fact that at the moment, you know, and he's had a, I think he's had a couple of niggles in his career. We don't know how, I guess, fit or how long he can stay fit or avoid injury. We don't know if he's going to be someone who will continue to be susceptible to injury. Um, a one in three goal ratio is decent, but nine appearances. I know you and 
um, mentioned this before and he's spoken about it on Twitter that he thought the Hearts fans were maybe getting ahead of themselves with the um, desire to sign Ginelli. So that would be, I guess, your, the the reservation if you're going to have any about the, 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 the signing. Yeah, but I'm sure the deal is structured in Hearts' favour because ultimately his agent would have put his resume out, his CV out to many clubs. And the first question I would ask is, he's not played much, has he? Why is he not played much? Then you look a little bit deeper. It was the Arbroath game, wasn't it? The, the first the first game yeah, yeah. from home um, when he got hurt. And, and that was that was a sore one. Because who knows how the season would have panned out um, if he'd been available more often. But we'll see what we end up getting from, from Josh Ginelli. As I said, the, the two-year deal will likely be structured in Hart's favour. Uh, but I'm sure it'll be incentivised so that if he can keep fit, I mean, the players don't choose to get hurt. He might just no, be made of glass. I, I'm playing, he, he I'm be, playing devil's advocate here, just saying that there's... As you should, as you should. Um, players like Josh Ginelli, winger, inconsistent, most of them are, but you, you just, I mean, some players never get hurt. Other players never stay fit. We may have one of the latter. Uh, hopefully not. Hopefully what's happened so far is, is just a a quirk. Um, we'll see. I, we can analyse all you want. We haven't given him a three or four year deal. That would have been silly. We haven't given him a one. People are saying, well, we've only given him a two. Then that means that if he has a really good season, then we, we have to sell him after the first season. <laughs> Great. Bring it on. There's the short-sightedness. Oh, we've only given him a two year deal. So we're going to have to sell him after the season because he'll not be worth anything after two years. That is what we want. I want to be in a position whereby Josh Ginelli's had a fantastic season and those clubs beating down our door saying we want to sign him. Happy days. Win for him, win for Hearts. This is the whole thing about being in this little bubble as a Hearts supporter or as a supporter of any club in the world, basically, except the real, real top clubs. Your team, our team, is a stepping stone to the next team, a better team than us. But that player is only going to get to that team or that manager is only going to manage that team if he or she is a success at where they are. So bring it on. I want that headache in 12 months time where we've got two or three bids because Josh Janelli's had a brilliant season and he's stayed fit and suddenly he's worth whatever he's worth because he's still got a year left on his contract. That's the way to look at it. Not, oh, we've only given him a two-year deal. These are the type of people that probably hand over a four-year deal um, Maybe those people that said that on uh, on social media are those that sanctioned the Loic de Moor to Hearts deal. Those type of deals don't work. To be fair, I think most of the comments I saw seemed to be quite positive about the fact that we'd... I know, so, I'm just talking about the arseholes. Yeah, I mean, I thought in the whole it looked like most people were happy that we'd secured him for longer than a season, but we hadn't thrown a four-year deal at someone that we don't exactly. know. Exactly. We don't know if long-term they might have... Uh, bigger injury issues but I mean from a positive of course in the nine games that we we saw of, of Josh Ginelli on the whole he was very impressive the, the type of player that gets um, fans off their off their seats hopefully when they're back in they won't be sitting at home and watching on the TV and getting off their sofa they'll be up off their seats in Tynecastle. Um and in terms of how Hearts play I think it's good that We've got the likes of him on board. We've already got Gary Mackay-Steven in the team and he ended the season very strongly. 
because if we are going to entertain more, and Robbie spoke about that when he came on the podcast, and he's spoken about it in the press as well, that he does want to be more expansive where possible. We need players like that to, I guess, offer something different. If the game is a bit tight, if it's becoming a bit of a war of attrition, you need someone who can pick the ball up, take players on, have a pop from range, hit the byline, get crosses in. So I think to have a few of those around will be very good and it'll be a big positive for Hearts fans in terms of what they see on the park from an entertainment perspective. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's those of us of a certain vintage still hark back to John Colhoun days mm-hmm. yeah. when you had that excitement and it's 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 bums off seats. Hearts are trying to get bums on seats. We're trying to get anybody to, to get into the stadium. But then when you're, when you're in, you want to be on your feet. Uh, you want to be excited. And... I don't want to get carried away because it's it's a very small sample size for Josh Ginelli. Yeah. But rarely, rarely can a player play as little as they've done for a club and still be held in as high esteem by that fan base. That tells you a lot. That tells you that that small sample size was impressive. We now need that small sample size to be elongated over the course of a season. We just have to keep our fingers crossed that he can stay fit. Indeed. Uh, 24 hours before the Ginelli signing was announced, there was another uh, bit of news that came out of Tynecastle, which I think a lot of people felt was on the cards and the the man himself had mentioned it was something he was considering. But uh, Stephen Naismith uh, confirmed that he would retire as uh, a player and the update stated, stated that it was announced that Stephen Naismith had been appointed as football development manager after deciding to call time on his playing career. So someone who had 90 appearances for Hearts, 29 goals, of course won 51 caps for Scotland and had uh, very positive spells at the likes of Rangers, Everton and Norwich as well as Hearts. And I think, Mark, um, we obviously... I don't think he ever fully got back to to being his his old self as such, especially from a fitness point of view after the 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 worst of his injuries he suffered against Celtic. But I think it kind of it shows how important he was when he was at Hearts initially, and he obviously played a big part when he came back in last season. But if you look back at October 2018, um, just after Scarves are in the funnel started, um, <laughs> Hearts. Top of the table, flying high, playing Celtic at Murrayfield in the Betfred Cup semi-final. Um, seven minutes in, Stephen Naismith goes off injured and Hearts going to lose that game 3-0. And, I mean, just a couple of years later, they're in the second tier of Scottish football. And I think that just showed how big an impact it was, how big a loss it was when we, we lost Stephen Naismith when he was full throttle and he was fully fit. I was thinking this week about Naismith when I heard the news and and about Kieran Tierney as well when he didn't play for Scotland. We'd waited that long and then after 23 years, our first game at a major tournament, we're without our best player. And it kind of got me thinking about the importance of certain players to certain teams. And it's funny you mentioned October 2018 because I was thinking as well, does that mean we have to retire scarves around the funnel and, and make it more of a developmental podcast for the future now? Because our start kind of coincided with the fall of, of Stephen Naismith. So is it even worth continuing with this this podcast anymore? There's, there's younger <laughs> podcasts out there. Exactly. Younger, <laughs> better, better looking. Well, certainly um, for me, 
Uh, you're a handsome bastard, you lucky thing. Um, so, as far as importance of players is concerned to the football club, from a Hearts perspective, around that time, Stephen Naismith was the heartbeat, pun in- intended. He was someone that made everything tick. He was so important to the football club. And when we didn't have him, we really suffered because of that, the injuries. And and he, he never was the same again. We, we got him at a good spell. We didn't quite get the Everton, but he was a different player at Everton. He wasn't as advanced, didn't score as many goals, um, either at Everton or at Norwich. But he was playing in a more advanced role at Hearts. And I think it suited him. I think he enjoyed it more. And his importance to the football club, when you think back to the really important players, the ones that if they weren't on the team sheet, you're like, oh, oh, we're not going to win today. Um, Rudy Scatchell was, was someone that was important to the football club, really important to the football club. John Robertson was someone. So like, the best player in the team, and you really struggled without them. And I'm sure there are many others, and it's a totally subjective thing as to who the important player. And I'm talking really key. If they're not in, you're in trouble. And there was a spell when Stephen Naismith didn't play for Hearts, I thought we were in trouble because when he did play, he seemed to pick us up and grab us by the scruff of the neck and help us get better at times or give us more of a chance. So we got to see that. And when he signed um, for Hearts on loan in 2018, uh, he, he just kind of it was it was around the time of his 32nd birthday. He was 31, 32, and we've had players in the past like that. I remember Gordon Jury signed late, uh, Morris Johnson signed late, Jim Bett. These type of players signed in their in their thirties, and they could still do a job. So I, I, I was delighted um, with Stephen Naismith's input at the football club. The deal that he signed eventually, I'm sure they, they've come to some sort of agreement. With that, I think he'll be a loss from an on-the-field perspective. However, I'm delighted he's staying at the football club mm-hmm. to benefit the younger generation coming through. As far as footballing ability is, is concerned, he's retired for a reason because he knows he's he knows his body best of all. He knows yeah. he's unable to get to where even where he was at Hearts. Never mind where he was at Kelly Rangers, Everton, and and Norwich. And good on him for for admitting that. Um, he's made a lot of money from football. And he, he deserves absolutely everything that, that he got out of the game. If if it was Stephen Naismith retiring, i.e. the Stephen Naismith from October 2018, I'd be gutted. I would be really, really distraught at that. What's the difference between distraught, really distraught, and really, really distraught? Anyway, but, <laughs> but now I think with the style of football that we're trying to play, he would be a squad player at best. Stephen Naismith, and, and maybe he would slow things down. I don't know. I think it's just the right decision all round, and yeah. we can look back fondly on his time and his importance to the team and to the football club. Indeed. And I mean, and you mentioned he's got a part to play, albeit not on the field. And if there's anyone who is is already in a great position to help younger players develop and pass on advice, it's, it's Stephen Naismith, not just because of how long he played at a really high level, both club and internationally, but just the kind of person he is. I mean, we've seen it on the pitch anyway. Um, obviously, we know he loves to bark and shout instructions, but I think we've seen it a few times when there's younger players in, he's often got his arm around them, giving a bit of advice, telling them to calm down or or tell, helping them through the game. He likes to, 
talk players through the game. I think people who are younger and more inexperienced than him. So I think he'll be a real asset off the field mm-hmm. now with those younger players. And hopefully it's something that he'll thrive in and, and he'll enjoy because yeah. he looks like he comes across as someone who's well suited to some sort of coaching or, or managerial role maybe down the line. I agree with that. And Lee McCullough said that on this very podcast, how Stephen Naismith was, was, was in essence a, a player coach yeah. at the time. I think with Stephen Naismith, Laurie, he's the type of player that youngsters are going to look up to and they're going to listen and they're going to learn from. But guys like Uche and others who had a go at him on the pitch or maybe not doing something that he was hoping that they had done, they didn't like that. And I'm sure there'll be people in the dressing room I'm probably no longer at the football club because we want more of a harmonious atmosphere as opposed to a fractious atmosphere inside the dressing room. I think there'll be those that maybe didn't see eye to eye with Stephen. Maybe they were as pig-headed um, and as, as kind of, not short-sighted, but demanding things for themselves and to be told to do something or whatever. That's maybe not what, what they wanted. But he's someone, and it, it was when I, I read an article this week about his kind of upbringing um, and how he, he, he became a, a footballer as a youngster, but also overcame issues when he was younger. And he's, I, I didn't know he's, he's now a, an ambassador for Dyslexia Scotland, the charity, because he suffered from that as a kid. And sometimes you find when you don't have everything your own way and, and you have to, you've got issues that you've got to deal with, sometimes it can make you stronger. Yeah. And he's someone who, I, I just like him as a person. I like the way he comes over. He wants to help. And he's had these issues. So whether it's dyslexia or whatever it is, I think he's someone having been through something like that, that youngsters can maybe go to. Maybe don't need to go to Robbie or Gordon or or Lee. But now they've got someone like Stephen Naismith that they could go to for, for a little bit of help, knowing that he's been through something that wasn't ideal. Yeah. And he does a lot. Uh, in the community, I know in uh, different clubs he's been at. I know an Everton fan who said he was always doing a lot of um, a lot of community work in Liverpool as well. So um, we wish Stephen all the best with his new role, and hopefully he'll he'll help as the the Naismiths of the future develop and play a part at Heart of Midlothian Football Club. Next up, we've got the European. Super quiz with a heart's twist. So um, this is a quiz which I'm going to break down into the six groups that are at the European Championships. And hopefully you'll be able to play along at home. Now because this is going to be obviously 24 questions, because there's 24 nations, um, it's probably one that you'll need maybe a pen and paper to keep a track of. If you're at home, I can keep a track of. I can keep a track of Mark's progress as we do it um and look some of these questions i think are quite easy some of them are tricky and some of them i just i'll be i'll be stunned if you get all of them i really will um unless you cheat which i'm hoping we're not gonna do um so what i'm gonna do i'm I'm gonna go through it group by group and also i'll go through each question let mark think of the answers but not shout them out and then i'll run back through those four and we'll do it group by group now what I'm also going to do here, I'm not going to do it A, B or C because I thought for a few of them it would be too obvious. But what I will do, because I know that teams have potentially three chances to get out of the groups. I know not all of them will. I know how the Euros work, even though I don't watch it as much as others. Um, I'm going to give you three chances in each question. And you get three points if you get it with the first one, two points for the second, one point if you get it the third time. Okay? So Sounds complicated. 
basically four questions in each group, and I'll give you three chances to get it right. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I've I've kind of made up the rules in the last ten minutes in my head. Um, <laughs> I, I had the que- the questions took me a long time, but I've just made up the rules in the last ten minutes as we were just about okay. to do this. So we'll see how it goes. Anyway, let's start with Group A. So what you're going to find is I won't tell you which question relates to which country, but you'll obviously know which four countries are there. So that might give you a bit of a clue with some of them. Okay, so okay, so it's ba- it's based on the actual uh, yes. groups from the euro. Okay, yeah, so it's each group of the euros. So it will be a question related. So Group A is Italy, Wales, Switzerland, Turkey. So yep. there'll be a question for each of those nations. Now, a lot of the questions will be a specific player. Some of them will be maybe a team that played Hearts. Some of them might be a bit more obscure because some of these nations okay. were tricky. Okay, okay. so okay. Group A: Italy, Wales, Switzerland, Turkey. Although not necessarily in that order. Question one. Mm-hmm. This is a player, former Hearts player. So this player won the UEFA Cup in 1990, but ended up playing a match for Cowden Beef by 1998. Okay, so this is a mm-hmm. former Hearts player who won the UEFA Cup in 1990 and ended up playing a match for Cowden Beef in 1998. Okay. Question two. A player who was signed by both the current Hearts manager and the current Hibs manager. Okay. Okay. So this is a player who has been signed by both the current Hearts manager and the current Hibs manager. Question three. The opponent that Hearts earned their only ever victory in a group match in European football. Who was the opponent when Hearts earned their only ever victory in a group match in European football? And question four. This player is captain of one of the Euro 2020 nations and once scored at Tynecastle. Captain of one of the Euro 2020 nations and once scored at Tynecastle. So, right. Group A, question okay. one, mm-hmm. who won the UEFA Cup in 1990 but ended up playing a match for Cowden Beef in 1998? Pasquale Bruno. Bruno, yes, correct. Three points. Okay. Yes, he right. uh, started second leg of the UEFA Cup final in 1994, Juventus against Fiorentina. He was sent off, although Juve still won 3-1 on aggregate. And then he eventually would make one appearance under Craig Levine at Cowden Beef in 1998 before retiring. You said no. Okay. I was going to say, can, can I have the third question next as opposed to the second? Just because I need to work things out. Okay, sure. Um, wait, wait, no, 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 you can't actually because, no. Why not? No, you can't. No, I've refused that. Wow. Um, there's uh, no, it's not, nothing malicious or anything like that. No, but then um, you're using that to kind of as a. Well, I know what the answer is, so I'm, I then have to decide which of the other ones is, is Turkish and which of the other ones is is, uh, is Welsh. No, no so I'm not. I'm, I'm not changing. I'm not changing the order. So the next question is: <laughs> This is a player. What player was signed by both the current Hearts manager and the current Hibs manager? Right. Can you remind me of question four? Because I forgot to write that down and that will impact my okay. answer to this one. Question four um, is a player who is captain. This is not 
a Hearts player, a former Hearts player, but a player who's captain of one of the, I should have said that, of one of the Euro 2020 nations, but also once scored at Tynecastle. Well, the Welsh captain and the Turkish captain would be the the two. Once scored at Tynecastle. Um... I mean, is Bale... Oh, Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale. Yes, so you got three points for question four, even though I hadn't got there yet, but... Question two, uh, so who was was signed by both the current Hearts and Hibs manager? Alim Oztürk. Yes, you got that eventually. Yes. I'll give you you answers. So that... I didn't know Oztürk until the end because I was still... Is he Welsh or is he Turkish? But now I know he's Turkish. Yes. I'm, I'm impressed. And I did not cheat. Okay, so I believe you. I'll, I'll give you the answers. I'm not going to necessarily give you the answers in the right order because this is I like know, doing man. a su- yeah, okay. as long as you as long as you're okay with that because this is like doing a Sudoku and that you need one or two pieces to fall into place before one or two other pieces then make a little bit more sense. So as long as you're as lenient okay. as you normally are, final, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Thank so Hearts' only ever victory in a group match in Europe was against Basel. Yeah, that was a that was a gimme. Cool. Okay, all the points there. Yeah, Gareth Bale scored against Hearts in a five 0 Europa League win for Spurs in August 2011, and is of course the Wales Wales captain. And Aliam Uzturk was signed by Robbie Nielsen in 2014 for Hearts, and then Jack Ross signed him for Sunderland in 2018. And although he is Dutch born, it was to Turkish parents, and he played for Turkey at under 21 level. Okay. Group B, uh, Denmark, Finland, Belgium, Russia, and again, questions not necessarily in that order. Okay. Okay, so, question one. Who won six domestic trophies in his homeland, had a trial at Chelsea in 2012, but would fail to impress when he signed and played for Hearts? So... Six domestic trophies in his homeland, had a trial for Chelsea at 2012, would go on to play for Hearts, but failed to impress at Tynecastle. Okay, question two. What player, this is it, I think I might need a few punts at this one. What player scored for their country in a 4-3 friendly defeat to Kuwait in 2001, shortly before joining Hearts? Again, knowing the group may help with this one, but what player scored for their country in a 4-3 friendly defeat to Kuwait in 2001 shortly before joining Hearts? Okay. Okay. Question three. Um, Hearts played this club twice in European competition, knocked out on both occasions. It's a club with 10 domestic titles to their name and also a runners-up in European competition in the 1980s. 80s. Right, can you repeat that, please? Yes, so this is a club, not a player, so mm-hmm. a club that Hearts have twice played in European competition, so I mean drawn against them twice, so four matches, so two knockout, yep. um, two two-legged games, uh, mm-hmm. knocked out on both occasions, and it's a club uh-huh. with ten domestic titles to their name, and also yep. a runner-up in European competition. And it's, and it's just the club, yeah? Just the club, yeah. Just the okay, club. I've got that one, yeah. Um, obviously, when I do the clubs, it will be a club from the country related to the group. Sure, of course. I think um, about that. Okay. Now, um, question four. Um, interim Hearts manager, 
who also represented his country 40 times, scoring six goals. He um, played at the 66 World Cup, one of the okay, uh, tournaments he played at, and he helped his side to the semi-finals. Okay. Um, Actually, I did, I, did, um, I did this country, I'll not give it away just now, I did this country's last game. Uh, I was pretty impressed by them because I wasn't impressed by them in the first game. Okay, I think you've got it then. I was going to clarify at the very start of, the, of this that I've had to be, haven't had to, the breakup of certain countries has not, I've, I've been creative with that, um, technically. But anyway, okay, so four questions for Group B. Denmark, Finland, Belgium, Russia, not necessarily in that order. Um Question one. So who won six domestic trophies in his homeland, had a trial at Chelsea in 2012, but would fail to impress at Hearts? Was it Danny Amanqua? Correct, yes. Yes. Danny Amanqua, who won three Danish league titles, three Danish cups with Copenhagen, where he spent six years, was hampered by injuries, joined Hearts in 2018, but only lasted a year, making just 12 competitive appearances, only five of them starts. And of course, he was the person who came on for Naismith in that semi-final in the Betfred Cup. Um, so yeah, Danny Amanqua. Um, question two. What player scored for their country in a 4-3 friendly defeat to Kuwait in 2001, shortly before joining Hearts? Well, and remember, the if only you, person you can, I can, you can give... of is Antiniemi. <laughs> No. But how would it be him? That's incorrect, but you you're on to the two point option, which is the second one, but let's just say you're you're going down you're you're on the right track. Well, I know it's gotta be Finnish because the two other answers I've got are from the other two teams or two countries in the group. Okay. And as far as I'm led to believe, Anti Niemi is the <laughs> Oh hold on, Tommy Gronland. Yes. Oh, get in. Tommy Grinland? Or I'm not sure how he actually went. But yeah, um, Tommy Grinland, we'll just go with that. 15th of February, 2001, Kuwait 4, Finland 3. Uh, Grinland grabbed his second and final international goal, putting Finland 2-1 ahead at the time. He won 36 caps in total, and he would join Hearts in November that year. So there you go. Um, I've, got, I've got one of his jet now that I've totally forgotten about him because I was thinking, Andy Niemi. I, I mean, initially I thought, wait a minute, you Michaela for the first one. I think one. I was being creative and he maybe scored an own goal or something. Yeah, but before I got to Amanco, I thought Michaela, but then I realised that Finland was the second one. Okay, okay. I think I'm doing all, I think I'm on the right track here. Okay. Because my um, next two, okay. Okay, so um, third question was Hearts played this club twice in European competition, knocked out both times, uh, a club with 10 domestic titles, also a runner-up in European competition in the 1980s. I think it's standard Liège because it should be Belgium. Yes, it is. Hearts knocked out of the European Cup in 1958, 6-3 on aggregate, and then the UEFA Cup in 1992, 2-0 on aggregate against a side that were runners-up in the old Cup Winners' Cup of 1982. Yeah, Belgian football, and I remember St Mirren beating Hearts in the Cup final in, in 87, and they qualified for Cup Winners' Cup, and they were beaten by, were the eventual winners or the eventual finalists, one of the two, Mechelen. So they did all right, the Belgians. The uh, the programme for the away game in uh 
in Liège in 58. That's one of the holy grails for collectors. Never managed to get my hands on it. I saw someone recently had managed to get it, and they paid a fortune for really? it. But yeah, that's, that's that's one of the hardest ones to get. Standard Liège hearts away from home. European oh, Cup as well, yeah. Yeah, here, here's one I don't often get the chance to, to say. It's one of these stupid bits of trivia that sticks in your head. The Standard Liège had a striker in 1958 okay. from Africa. From Africa, he was from seriously. He was, he was from the Congo. Okay, you check this out. His name was Bongo Bongo. <laughs> I think I'm not I, making that. I'm not making that. Maybe I've said it once before. I think I I've heard at, that at some point from someone. I've got yeah. the program for the home leg, and I was going through the because I like to kind of read when you get it. it's not just something that you buy and then put in a it is for for some putting a sleeve uh carefully go through it if it's an older one <laughs> so i saw that because sometimes you get the rusty staple in the middle page and so i was looking at the Stanley team i was like wait a minute here that's not right bongo bongo from the congo let's see <laughs> ah, come on that's did, the, did he um, drink on bongo well ex- exactly it does so, sound like someone's taking the piss doesn't it that's what I thought, but back in those days, I mean, you're not going to put that in the in the program. His name no. was Paul, right? It was Bonga. There you go. It's Bo- this is the first time I've, I know this because obviously you just you hear something back in the day and and you never thought to to bother to check. This is the first time I've checked. Uh, he's still alive. His name is Bonga, Bonga, and he's Congolese. So I was close. I th- I'll need to check that again. I'm pretty sure. In that 1958 program, his name is down as Bongo Bongo, which that's a bit too um, too much rhyming. Yeah. The so there you go, Paul Bonga Bonga from the Congo, perhaps best remembered as the first African footballer to be selected in World Soccer's World Eleven. Oh, okay. Which was in 1962. Um, there you go. Noticed there you by go. Standard Liège while on a European tour. Interesting. It's good trivia. Um, final question for Group B. Um, okay. This is uh, someone who was an interim Hearts manager who also represented his country 40 times, scored six goals, and among other tournaments played at the 1966 World Cup where he helped them to the semi-finals. I think it was Edward Malofeyev. It is. Yes, indeed. Good. And um, that that's what I said it was technically not Russia in its current state, but it was the Soviet Union, of course. Um, but as close to Russia as I could get, he was caretaker boss at Hearts in 2006 and, of course, famously had the players uh, doing wheelbarrow races as part yeah, of their the training old, the old routine. CCCP tracksuits. One of the things I like to do, just to, when, when you get two teams or two nations that you haven't done before, as a commentator, everyone's different. But I've done North Macedonia so far, I enjoyed covering them. We nearly got a million viewers. It's, the Austria-North Macedonia game is the third most watched Euros game this year on ESPN. Don't ask me why. I, I don't know. Really? Um, and you've covered yeah, and you cover all of them as well, don't you? Not you, but ESPN. We've got all fifty-one games, and that's the third highest so far. And I think Ooh. today we're on we're on match seventeen. But it, it helps me from a, a historical perspective. I've always kind of liked my history, my Scottish, my British history, but. But elsewhere, but Finland against Russia was interesting. That was the, one of the games I was talking to you about, about being impressed by Russia. But historically, the, the independence of Finland in 1917 um, from Russia and the, the Finnish 
training base this week um, near St. Petersburg was actually part of Finland prior to being annexed by Russia um, in the Second World War. Then you've got the Winter War. But then when the history started to, when I was doing North Macedonia games, you've got the history of them. Why are they North Macedonia now? Well, it was a Greek, an issue with the Greeks, an argument eventually resolved a couple of years ago with the United Nations. Now they're called North Macedonia. There is no South Macedonia. So that, that was a learning curve for me. And then I woke up prior to doing their first game and I had 250 emails to look through. I was like, what the hell's happened overnight? But it must have been some sort of bug or spam. Uh, and it's the same email, but was sent by 250 different people. If you call us North Macedonia in your commentary, you are racist and this is a violation of our human rights. We shall be watching. I'm like, Jesus, that's sinister. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, that I takes, mean, takes the, us on to Group C. I'm, I'm not oh. sure what I should call them now. Uh, um, group C, indeed, which is n- the Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria and North Macedonia, uh, which, yeah, until until a few months ago, I always thought of as just Macedonia still. But there Likewise. We go. Um, OK, so question one. Again, not necessarily in the order of the um, countries, but I just realised that the last group was actually in the order I gave them. Um, not on purpose. So question one. Who scored uh, f- the only goal of the game for their country in a 1-0 win against Liechtenstein um, in a World Cup qualifier in 2000? And that's while they're playing for hearts. So who scored the only goal of the game um, for their country in a 1-0 win against Liechtenstein, it's Liechtenstein, sorry, isn't it? Um, Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein, yeah. yeah. With, with, with one hotel, and we with had to stay hotel. in Zurich. Seriously, we had to stay in Zurich when we did the FC Vaduz against Livingston game, their first ever game in, in Europe. Lovely country, it really is. So, who scored the only goal of the game um, for their country against that nation in a World Cup qualifier in 2000, while they were okay. also a Hearts player? Uh, question two. While on loan at Wraith Rovers from Hearts, this player was part of a Rovers side that contained four on-loan Jambos in this particular game. Three scored in this game. This player was one of them. It was his first ever senior goal. So Jason Holt scored, David Smith scored, and this player also scored. Okay. Could you so this, repeat that, please? Yes. Yeah. So this is a Hearts player who was on loan at Wraith Rovers at one point, and there was okay. a game he played for Wraith Rovers in which four players were on loan from Hearts, played in the game, and three of the on loan players scored. So this player in particular scored, as did Jason Holt, and as did David Smith. Ooh, toughy. Um, next question. The third, this is where I, I'll be impressed if you get this. The third highest scorer for his country ever once played against Hearts for Dunfermline in March 2005. So he's the, he is the all-time third highest scorer for his country at the time of me looking this up. Um, and once played against Hearts for Dunfermline in March 2005. Okay. Took me a while to find one for that, you can tell. Um mm. This the final question for this group. Uh, part of the Euro 2020 squad for his nation and has played against Hearts twice in 2007. He was on loan at this club he played for from Newcastle United. So this is a 
member of a Euro 2020 squad and has twice played against Hearts in 2007 while on loan from Newcastle. Okay, so... Um, Question one. Uh, yeah. Who scored the only goal of the game for their country in a 1-0 win against uh, Liechtenstein in a World Cup qualifier in 2000? I think it might have been Thomas Flugel. Yes. Well done. Thomas Flugel, indeed. He scored in a 1-0 Austria win on the 25th of October 2000 in the very same place you went for that particular game you spoke about. It was in Vaduz. Is it Vaduz? Vaduz. Um, and guess who was referee? Mr. John Robottom. Ah, okay. There you go. Don't I just noticed that when I looked up the game. So there you go. Well mm. done. Three points. Um, next question. So this is a player who was on loan at Wraith Rovers from Hearts. Now, he was once part of a Rovers side that contained four on loan Hearts players. Three of them scored in the game. Jason Holt, David Smith and this player. I'm coming back to that because I think I know the nation. Okay. Because that's based on the other two answers that I've got. So keep, okay. Uh, since I'm since I'm allowing this, um, we'll go to the next one. So this is the third highest scorer for this country. Dennis Prichenenko. The last one, yes. Three points yes. for question two. That's not the answer to this question. The answer to previous. <laughs> so question three is mm-hmm. the third highest scorer for his country. He once played against Hearts for Dunfermline in March two thousand and five. I actually know this, and there's a reason why I know this, because um, the game that I did, the first game that I did, uh, Austria-North Macedonia, I had a list of top scorers in Macedonian football. Okay. And um, So the guy who was third on the list is a, a guy called Georgi Christov. Yes, well done. Um, Three points. So apologies for that, because we get bombarded by stats and prep um, for that. Now... Do I remember him playing for Dunfermline? No, I don't. I just remember him appearing at number three on that list. So that's how I got it. If you'd not given me that and said, which player played for Dunfermline, I wouldn't have got it. But because you gave me the kind of third highest scorer, I was able to get it from that. I do not remember him playing for Dunfermline. Uh, Georgi Christoph, 48 caps for Macedonia slash North Macedonia, although they weren't at the time. Brief spell for the Pars. He played just eight matches, but he played the first half of a 1-1 draw at East End Park in the SPL in 2005. Um, okay, final question for Group C. Um, this is a player who was part of the Euro 2020 squad, uh, and he's previously played against Hearts twice in 2007 while on loan from Newcastle United. So he's previously played for Hearts. Played twice. against Hearts. I get, I get right. So that'll be, I think, Tim Krul when he was on loan at Falkirk. Yes, correct. Yeah. Three points. Well done. Um, two games for Falkirk against Hearts. A 4-2 Hearts win at Tynecastle, October 2007, and a 2-1 Falkirk win at the Falkirk Stadium in December of that same year. Which other goalkeeper at Euro 2020? Schmeichel. Yes, was on loan at Falkirk. <laughs> yeah, I've seen someone when, talking about that before. When you look at one of the weirdest days of, of me when I was a, of, of my journalistic career was when I was at Falkirk in the morning to interview Chris Waddle after he'd just signed for them. And then in the afternoon, it was Ray Wilkins who'd just signed for the Bernian. <laughs> and I was working at Scott FM at the time. must have been about 95, 96 then. And Robin Galloway, uh, was the breakfast show host then. 
And I remember just before I left to go out the door to go up to speak to Ray Wilkins, he said, I need you to do something. I've, I've, I need you to say something from get Ray Wilkins to say something for the breakfast show. I'll oh, see what I can do. Because no, I need you to get him to say something specific. And I said, well, what is it? I, said, I can't guarantee that. He goes, ask Ray Wilkins if he'll say shake a leggy cock a leaky. Because that was what Robin said a lot of the time. And I was this young, stupid boy. And I asked him uh, right at the end of the interview. And Ray Wilkins told me to fuck off. And quite rightly so. There you go. So there's a, a Falkirk <laughs> to Hebs to Waddle to Wilkins to Tim Krul to Casper Schmeichel story. I'm in a storytelling mood, as you can tell, bombarded with all the European content. Okay, well, we're on to Group D, and because we're only just halfway through, I probably will need us to speed this up a little. I know, I know. Less less story time, Donald. Um, So Group D is, of course, England, Croatia, Scotland, and Czech Republic. This will trip me up, because there'll be too many options. You'll have have gone canadian. Well, well, what I've done now, so the England and the Scotland questions, part of the question, you know which one it is, because I want it to be... They're slightly different questions. Okay, um, So you'll know those two. So it'll only be Czech Republic and Croatia that you'll won't know which country it is. So first question, what future Hearts player, so hadn't played for Hearts yet, scored against Rangers in the UEFA Cup in 2002 for Victoria Zizhkov? Mm-hmm. So would play for Hearts later in his career, but scored against Rangers in the UEFA Cup in 2002 for Victoria Zizhkov. Is that it? Ziz? Zizhkov? Um, Zs and Hs and Zs and Ks. Okay. Um, anyway, question two. This is Scotland. So it's, who was the last, this was just, this actually interested me, is why I looked up. Who was the last Hearts player to appear for Scotland? Now that is actually play for Scotland at the European Championship Finals. So the last Hearts player to play for Scotland so actually get game time um, at the European Championship finals. Um, question three. This is a player who's part of he's part of the squad in a Euro 2020 team. Again, this is where I was having to stretch it to find someone. Now he played both legs against Hearts in a European game in 2009. So, Can you repeat that, yes. please? So this is a player who is Part of the squad in a Euro 2020 nation this mm-hmm. in this competition, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also played both legs against Hearts in a European game in 2009. Okay, and so... Okay. Well, final question, then we can go through them. So question four. Now, this is the England one. Um, okay. So he is a player who is part of his country squad for... Euro 2012. I actually didn't even include England in the question, so I didn't have to give you that, but oh well. Um, <laughs> but anyway, part of his country squad for Euro 20, uh, 2012 and has now scored three goals against Hearts for two different teams. So he was part of his country squad at the Championships in 2012 and had now, uh-huh. has now scored three goals against Hearts for two different teams. So that's from the England squad. Yeah, and I, I actually didn't have to give you the England part, but I accidentally did. So let's go through. Okay. Group yep. D, question one. Future Hearts player, who obviously by future I mean hadn't played for it this time, um, scored against Rangers in the UEFA Cup in 2002 for Victoria Zizhkov. So 
I remember it's not going to be an obvious one. So I remember two players that we signed, um, Martin Petrash and Ludek Stracheny. Now Petrash is Slovakian, so I'm going to go Ludek Stracheny for that one. You are correct. Yes. Three points, Ludek Stracheny, who played for Victoria Zizkov. Um, or it's just Zizkov. I think I put that down wrong. Anyway. They won 2-0 home to Rangers in September 2002 with Stracheny scoring the second goal just before the hour mark. Rangers uh, took the second leg to extra time but went out on away goals. 3-3 on aggregate and Stracheny won a single cap for the Czech Republic in 2001. Okay, three points, well done. Um, Question two. Who was the last Hearts player to appear for Scotland and that is to actually play in a match? At the European Championship Finals, I might slip up on this one um, because I don't remember Dave McPherson playing for Scotland in '92, or do I? That's my answer, Dave McPherson. But I'm trying. Ah, to well done, well done. I didn't think you'd get that in one. It's correct. Yeah, Dave well, McPherson. Henry didn't play. Henry wasn't. In, he was part of the squad, but he he didn't play. So I think I'd have to check. But I think Dave McPherson was the. We only had two members of that squad. From Hearts, so I would need to go back and double check, but I think there was three. Um, but, ah, okay. but in the last game of the group, so Hearts, um, and it's Scotland in '92, last group game, they won three nil against um, apparently the future sponsors of the League Cup in Scotland, CIS. Um, uh, Commonwealth of Independent States. Oh, Alan McLaren might have been the. Third that's one. it. That's it. You got it. Yeah, I, I forgot. But I remember. Who you thought I was going to go with? I thought maybe, but it was Dave McPherson. He was the only one who yeah, played in that last game. Yeah, because he was older. Uh, Alan was younger at the time. So there you go. Uh, if Craig Gordon plays, uh, because we're recording this before Scotland play England, if Craig Gordon does play, which I don't think he will, not in that game anyway, um, he will become the first Hearts player since 1992 to play for Scotland at a European Championship Finals. Um, although we've only had one since 92 until now, so... Anyway, three points again. So question three, um, a player who's part of a Euro 2020 squad and he played in both legs of a European game against Hearts in 2009. Ah, I heard the question wrong and I've gone down the wrong, um, I've gone down the wrong road. Okay. Because um, he's English um, and I was thinking, wait a minute, did Jermaine Defoe score? But Defoe's not part of the the squad. Wait, 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 you're getting yourself uh, you're getting yourselves mixed up with these questions. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh right, okay, sorry. It's the Croatia one. It's Mandzukic. No. Ah shit. Ah shit. Um, I mean, you're on Zag- the right. You're on the right track, well, but it's it was not Zagreb. Because Mandzukic isn't in the squad this, for this tournament. Oh, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? Um, was it? Who was the other one that scored? Um, he didn't score. I said played both legs. Didn't say he scored. Is Badel in the Croatian squad? He should be. Yes. Well done. Yeah. That's good. I wouldn't have got that. I wouldn't have got that. I would have went. Because <gasps> I was looking for Mandzukic. That's the reason that I, I, I wasn't in the squad. But Milan um, Badel was in the, is in the Croatian squad. He was 20 when he played for Dinamo Zagreb in the two legs against Hearts, which of course they won 4-0 in Croatia and they lost 2-0 at Tynecastle has 55 caps now for his country and currently plays for Genoa okay good player 
good. That's it. It's only the it's only the second time you've not got it with the first one, so that's not bad going. Um, and you've just told me that you've got the answer for the le- the the next one. Player who uh, was part of his country squad for Euro 2012 has now scored three goals against Hearts for two different. Oh, so teams, I was yeah, I was right with Jermaine Defoe. Which is Jermaine Defoe. Um, he was in the England squad in Euro 2012 when he was a Spurs player. And he's now scored for Heart against Hearts for Spurs in, in that previously mentioned five 0 win, and now twice for Rangers. Most recently, twenty nineteen. Okay, we'll fire on to Group F. Uh, no, sorry, Group E next. Don't know my alphabet. Um, and Group E is Spain, Sweden, Poland, and Slovakia. Okay, first question. Um, this is a very short question. This player. Left Hearts to join RB Leipzig. So a player who oh. left Hearts and signed for RB Leipzig afterwards. So his next club was RB Leipzig. Hearts to RB well, Leipzig. That, that's got to be recent because RB Leipzig have, well, yeah. have not been around for <laughs> can't, long. Can't be that old. Uh, yeah. Well, they've not been good for long. They were around. They were just taken over by Red Bull. Okay, so... Okay. Right. So, well, I mean, it, I'm talking about RB. So, yeah, it's since they've been Red Bull, which I think is what 2009, eight, nine, something. Anyway, next question. This is a player who scored a Champions League group stage goal against Ajax in the same season he would sign for Hearts. So, scored a Champions League group stage goal against Ajax, and in the same season, later in the season, he would sign for hearts next up question three score this player scored two international goals for his country both in april 1988 uh, one against the soviet union and one against wales and would later play for hearts so two international goals please yeah so it's a future hearts player who scored two international goals for his country both in april 88 one against the Soviet Union and one against Wales. And finally, question four. Um, this club are champions in their domestic league this season, but once lost a European game at Tynecastle thanks to goals from John Robertson and John Cahoon. Oh, so, these are so good, these questions. Current champions in their domestic league in the season just finished. But once lost a European game at Tynecastle thanks to goals from Robbo and Cahoon. Okay, so question one: um, What player left Hearts and immediately joined RB Leipzig? Of course, you are uh, a big German side now. If you want to see that, although a lot of people in Germany wouldn't like to look at them that way. Uh, Adrian Morowiecz. Yes, I'm impressed. I only got that after the other three because it, it left me with with that nation, and I don't know how many Polish players that have played for Hearts. Um, uh, Klimek, um I said <laughs> who've played for Hearts. Augustine, yeah, not not many. Um, He's a jockey. Yeah, so he left. Uh, Adrian Mrowiec left Hearts in May 2012, just before the cup final, and joined RB Leipzig the following month. Um, he was uh, well. He joined the club. They were only three years old at that point in terms of being Red Bull Leipzig, and they'd just been promoted to the fourth tier of German football back then on their meteoric rise, which I know a lot of people in Germany are not overly fond of. But there you go, three points. Um, okay, so this is a player. Next one 
who scored a Champions League group stage goal against Ajax in the same season he would sign for Hearts. Is it Hans Eskelson? No. Can I come back to that? Because I think he's. I think I'm trying to work okay. out. This is Swedish. Okay, sure, you can. So, do you want to the third yeah. question for now? So, third yeah, question please. is a player who please. scored two international goals for his country, both in April '88, one against the Soviet Union, one against Wales, um, and he would later sign for Hearts. Oh wait a minute, I'm confused now. I'm confused. The Spanish one's Atletico Madrid. Yeah, Spanish one's Atletico Madrid. Yeah. So. For Slovakia, I've got Robert Tomasek, and for Sweden, I've got Hans Eskelson. Okay, okay, sorry. Okay, so you've you, you're right with Eskelson for the Swedish one. Tomasek still wrong for the right. So es- Eskelson was the, the player who scored twice for his country. Yeah. Yes. So you've got three points for three of them. You've got one wrong okay. for the Slovakia one. So, so what's the Slovakia question again? I'll repeat again. So yeah, this player scored a Champions League group stage goal against Ajax in the same season that he would sign for Hearts. You should get this. You should get this. Well, given that some of the ones I've got, and I'm going to be annoyed if I don't, um, because Tomasek was the obvious one for for Slovakia. I mean, how many other Slovaks have we had? Marin Kelo was Slovakian. Um, I'm going to be a right pain and ask for... Wait a minute. One more. That wasn't the boy I mentioned earlier, was it? Petrash. Yes. Nice. Good. Martin Petras. He scored for Sparta Prague away to Ajax in November 2005. Oh, yeah. 2-1 group stage defeat for Sparta and he went on to join Hearts in January that season. A player who won 38 caps for Slovakia and scored one goal. Okay. And uh, yeah, you mentioned Atletico Madrid, so they're of course La Liga champions and also lost at Tynecastle in uh, September 93 in the UEFA Cup. 2-1 before winning the second leg. 3-0. Okay, Group F. Um, Hungary, Portugal, France, Germany. Final group. First question. A future Hearts player who won one of his two international caps as his country lost 2-0 to England at Wembley in 1992. So would go on to play for Hearts. Um, and in 1992, won one of his two international caps as his country lost 2-0 to England at Wembley. Quest- 1990, sorry, 1992, did you say? Yes, 1992. Okay. Um, question two, uh, this player won a single cap for his country in 2007 in a friendly match against Turkey. Question three. 2005, this player won the domestic title in his homeland, playing under Giovanni Trapattoni. So this player in 2005 won a domestic league title in his homeland, playing under Giovanni Trapattoni. And question four. This is a club who um, have met Hearts once competitively, um, they've actually waited even longer than Hearts for a league title, two years longer, but have possibly had an even more agonising close moment than Dens Park in 86. So Hearts have met this club once and um, they've waited two years longer than Hearts for a league title and have possibly had an even more agonising 
moment than Hearts had at Dens Park. Right, I've got. Um, okay, so I'll go through. Yeah, question one. Yeah, so, I, think, who, I might need to get a couple of questions more. Okay, so how about question one? Um, right, what was that one? Uh, player won one of two international caps as his country lost 2 0 to England at Wembley in 92. Gilles Rousset. Correct. Gilles Rousset. Um, February 92, in a friendly uh, 60,000 in London, Alan Shearer and Gary Lineker were the goals. Rousset started for Michel Platini's side alongside the likes of Laurent Blanc, Didier Deschamps, and Eric Cantona. Um, here's a little bonus one for you. I won't put any points on it, but there was two well, other. The bo- no, sorry, the bonus to that is that was Alan Shearer's debut for England. Was it okay? Well, the bonus yeah. I was going to give you was two other players in the French matchday squad would later sign for Scottish clubs in their career as well. Bowley. Yep, Bowley. Basil Bowley signed for Rangers. And who's the other one? And I was this. This one surprised me. <sighs> Casoni never played, did he? In Scotland. Um, I don't think so. Hope not, because yeah. it kind of would make it free. Don't know who. The, I mean, Cantona never played for in Scot in Scotland. No, it was Christoph Kokar who would later play for Kilmarnock. And I'd never, never known he would have been in the French squad. Um, but there you go. Question two: Player won a single cap for his country in two thousand and seven in a friendly mm-hmm. match against Turkey. Tough, so tough one. You might need to. Did you see teams? I don't know. Well, can I ask, can I give you Poch as the answer to one of them, Just, and that then narrows it down for Hungary? No, no. Shit, it's wrong. Shit. So you're going question four. You're going Poch, but that would be wrong. Um, so Hearts of. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work out. So Hearts have met this club once competitively. That's not just one tie. That's one game. Um, and and this club have won titles in their homeland, but they've waited just two years longer than Hearts. Now, I thought you might get this because I'm saying they've had an even more agonisingly close moment to a title than Hearts have had. Well, right, so, so here's... I'm going to show my workings audibly. Um, Trapatoni won the league with Benfica, so I'm thinking that's the Portugal one, and we'll get to that shortly. And we've done the French one with Rousset, mm-hmm. so I've got my German one and my Hungary one. So I need to decide if that question about the coming close to the league was German or Hungarian, because I mean, as far as as far as European games are concerned, did we play Hungarian side many many years ago? I don't think we have. I think Pox is the first time we've played a Hungarian side. It's not, but you're still going down. The wrong down the wrong road. Right, well, okay, so that'll be a German side then. So, um, can you give me the Portugal one about Trapatoni? So, the, so question three was, um, in 2005, um, this player won the domestic title in his homeland playing under Giovanni Trapatoni. So, a Portuguese player... Um, I mean, I'm going back to the likes of Thiago Silva... He played for for Hearts. Um, I bet this is an obvious one. I can't I can't get this far and screw up with some easy ones now. Uh, this is one I'm hoping that you can edit this to make it sound a bit better than it was. Um, oh wait a minute. 
Oh, yeah, man. Takis Fisas was there around that time, but he wouldn't fit into either. Would Fisas be the answer for the Portuguese uh, one? No, the now it's either the player or the club is of the nation in the group, so it wouldn't be. Greek. Oh man, that's a good one though, because Fisas played under Trapattoni at Benfica when they won the league in 05. Ah, so Portugal. I mean, the only other Portuguese I can think was it Bruno Aguiar. Yes. I'm going to give you two points because you still went with a different one. But I'll give you the two points for that. So Bruno Aguiar played 30 times for Benfica in 04-05 under Trapattoni, winning the Primera Liga, Benfica's first title in over a decade. And um, he fell out of favour. And I think it might have actually been, was it Koeman who was there next? Um, and then eventually would sign for Hearts. A lot of people might have forgotten that Takis played with Bruno yeah, before they both came to To be hearts. honest, I've, I forgot until you until you told me right this moment. So, okay, so you two for that. So you've got question two, which is player who won a single cap for his country in 2007 in a friendly match against Turkey. And I think you have the country now. Well, it's either Germany or Hungary. Okay. Uh, it's it's got to be Germany. It's, well, it's, it's got to be... What's the other question? The other question is a club Hearts have met once competitively um, and a club that have waited even longer for Hearts in a, for a league title and possibly, I, I think not even possibly, but an even more agonisingly close moment to winning a league title than right. Hearts. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking if we've only met them once, it must be a group stage game and, and if we've got German, we didn't play a Hungarian side in a group stage, so is it Schalke when we played them in the UEFA Cup? It is. Although we did yes. play a Hungarian side once. We played them in that same group. We played Ferenc Varos. Oh, so we, of course we did. Because Chaba was in charge, wasn't he? Yeah, but it's Schalke. Because so, yeah. Hearts um, uh, lost 1-0 at Murrayfield in the UEFA Cup in 2004. And Schalke haven't won a top flight title since 1958. But I don't know if you remember the 2001 um, campaign where they were... They were it was in injury time and they'd done what they need to they came back to win the game 3-2 I think I don't even have it in front of me but I remember reading the article if you've not read it look it up Schalke final day 2001 because they wrongly think the full time whistle's gone in the Bayern game and Bayern would have to score to pick them to the title so the announcer said it was over and they were all celebrating the title win the fans were celebrating the players were getting interviewed and it wasn't until minutes later that they found out the game was still going on and apparently it came up on the screen like some sort of weird nightmare. And Bayern had scored in the last minute of added time to pit them to the title while they were all celebrating winning the title. Oh, um, I vaguely remember that, but now you... Wow. Look up the, worth another, yeah, it's worth another look. There's a BBC... Goodness. There was a BBC post because it was the 20-year anniversary of it a few weeks ago. Um, so if you look it up on the BBC, there's a really good piece on it and it's just heartbreaking even reading it. Um, so there you go. Okay, we'll give you two for that, but you can still get three points for the single cap for this country because you've not had a punt at that yet. So you know which country it is now. Well, if it's Hungary, um, the obvious one, and I hope it's not wrong, is Janos Balog. Yes, it is. He it did is. win a cap for his country. Nice. He did. September 2007, a Euro 2008 qualifier in Istanbul, a 3 0 okay. Turkey win, and he would sign for Hearts the following year. So that was a that was a tough one. You only got ten out of twelve, but I mean that's not bad. <laughs> I'll take all of all of that. I'm delighted with with that. That was fun. 
So um, I think you actually got full points in one, two, two of them, and then in only dropped a point in three groups, and then just dropped two points in the last one. I mean, I'm being I'm, I'm quite a generous person, but one, you two, are. three, four, that. five. So that gives you 67 out of 72 points I made oh. available in my rules that I made up 10 minutes before we started. And, and being Scottish, that will only be enough for third place. And despite <laughs> the four best third place teams going through, somehow 67 out of 72 will end up being the fifth of the best four out of six third place teams. And I will narrowly miss out on a place in the knockout stages. Um, what a super quiz. Thank you for putting all that together. No, you're welcome. Hopefully people would manage to join in with the way I laid it out that you could have no, some like punts at those questions and although the rules were a bit um a bit slapdash at the last minute the, the questions did take me some time especially trying to figure out what the hell i could use for north macedonia <laughs> you come up with a cracker there as i say i got really lucky there because that was part of my prep notes um for north macedonia because i i i'm not gonna lie i do not remember that player playing for dunfermline oh, I, don't, but I do, I do, I do I. remember him third um, top scorer for his country. This is part of my notes. Anyway, that about brings us to the end. Uh, quiz took a little bit longer than I anticipated, but I thought it was... Yeah, that's because I went into story. That's what yeah, I did, went yeah. into story time and tried to tried to uh, educate our listeners about the, uh, the winter war between <laughs> Finland and Russia and North Macedonia's political intrigue of the last few years and and whatever. So, hopefully, you uh, hopefully today is a school day for you, and you've managed to to learn something that's of absolutely no use to you, but at least we have some sort of a heart's connotation with those questions. Indeed. Well, thank you for tuning in. Um, uh, we'll, we'll we'll think of something else next week. I mean, I was I had considered breaking this quiz up over different weeks, and we probably could have done that with the amount of content per group but um no, it was good it was it was good fun researching and hopefully it was good fun to to play along with the quiz um but until next time uh au revoir and uh, yeah thanks for tuning in come on scotland